You are listening to the Gamaniac Podcast. Alright, hello everybody. My name is Brennan Critter Wright. I am the host of the Gamaniac Podcast. Welcome to episode two. We got a lot of stuff to cover in today's episode. We have the Dota 2 International. Uh, we have the, some news on the League of Legends player Dardock. Um, we have a little bit of news on the I by Power Bands. Uh, Fragadelphia just happened. A ton of news um, to talk about. Not really news, but more rumors and uh, speculation on the different shuffles happening in the Counter-Strike scene uh, following the PGL Major. And then we have a little bit of news, actually, on Counter-Logic Gaming as the organization. So no specific team, um, but it's some pretty big news, so definitely stay tuned for that one. So getting right into things, we have the Dota 2 International um, they did release the groups. It starts in about a week. Um, and the groups um, are as follows. So I'll just read them off here. And the A group, we have Evil Geniuses, TNC, Liquid, IG Vitality, LGD, Fnatic, Team Secret, Empire, Infamous, and uh, yeah, that's Group A. So looking at Group B, we have OG, Cloud9, Newbie, Invictus Gaming, Virtus Pro, Digital Chaos, LFY, um, Execration, and Hellraiser. So that's Group B. So pretty even, pretty balanced groups. Nothing really to cl- complain about there. Nobody's really um, getting screwed in the groups there. They're pretty even groups. Nobody's really stacked. You don't have any kind of group from Hell there. And yeah, pretty even groups. Um, but going into who could potentially be winning this thing, who do, is who should you be looking out for in this tournament? So I was able to pick out uh, three, but um, going into previous results, so we're just going to go down the last, um, the more at least the most recent uh, events, uh, the big events. So I'm excluding small events in most of online play. So I'm looking at big events, premier tier events. Um, in those recent events, uh, so looking at Mars Dota League 2017, that was won by LGD. Galaxy Battles, won by Newbie. Dota Summit 7, won by Virtus Pro. Epicenter 2017, won by Team Liquid. The Kiev Major 2017, won by OG. Asia Champs 17, won by IG. And the SLI League Season 3 was won by Liquid. So just looking at recent results, um, first place finishes, Liquid um, is definitely showing to be the better team. But if we go and actually look at um, first place or finals uh, made, so if we look at how many finals these teams have made, and we look at the top four, um, we actually find that Newbie is on top with four finals, winning two of those finals, and of course coming in second in the others. Um, the next strongest team is actually going to be Liquid. So they are still up there. They are definitely a strong team with three finals winning all three of them. Looking over at OG, they have also three finals winning only one though and coming in second in the other one. And then we have Evil Geniuses with two finals winning both of them. Um, it is important to note though that OG has won the past three majors, not including the internationals. So I'm talking majors, labeled as a major. So, minus International 2016, they didn't win that one. That was um, winged, I think it's called. Yeah, winged. So, they won the International 17, uh, 16, sorry. And OG won all the majors leading up to this event, the previous three. So, they're definitely a team to watch. Um, statistically, Liquid is um, won the most 
They have a lot of finishes, but Newbie also has four finishes. So these are definitely teams to watch. And even Evil Geniuses with two uh, first place finishes in recent form. So definitely those are the four teams to watch. Probably the four that are favored to win this tournament based off their statistical history um, off of recent form. Um, but yeah, definitely a tournament to watch. Starts next week, I believe the 8th. So that is something to watch while you're there. Definitely going to make history. $23 million prize purse. Um, a couple million going to first place. So it's definitely something to be watching as it's the largest esports event in esports history. Not just Dota, not just Valve history. Esports history. It's the largest by far in terms of prize pool. $23 million is just a ridiculous amount of money to play for. And it is actually happening with Dota 2. So, moving on to the next topic, we're going to be coming into um, Dota's brother, sister, whatever you want to call it. Very similar game is League of Legends. Uh, the player Dardock is in the news, uh, rejoining Liquid, uh, their League of Legends team there, obviously, after leaving CLG after a quote-unquote culture clash, is what a lot of the articles online are calling it, and... It's kind of confusing what's going on and why it's happening. It's not really too clear. Um, he obviously wasn't getting along in CLG. They brought in Omar, Omar God um, to replace him. He was actually originally brought in to almost coach him. And in the press release um, released by CLG, it shows him as very toxic, pretty much, and not willing to work as a team. Um, I'm going to read that real fast. Um, the press release from CLG, um, and I quote, over the course of the split, we found that Joshua Dardock Hartnett did not align with our focus on teamwork and culture. We therefore brought in Omar, Omar God Amin, as part of a six-man roster in order to show Dardock what a group of five people interested in teamwork can accomplish. Dardock helped the team find their competitive spirit early in the split and we knew that if we could help Dardog learn to make those sacrifices, we would have the roster we needed to become LCS champions once again. Unfortunately, Dardog was unwilling to adhere to the set of standards expected of every team member of the team. Obviously, we're referring to CounterLogic Gaming there. And they ended up removing him from the roster, kicking him out, saying, if you're not going to work with us, we're not going to work with you. You're toxic. You're not really doing anything. It's a very similar case to how simple was in Counter-Strike Global Offensive um, back a few months ago, and even recently FNX. Um, nobody's really looking to work with them. They're fantastic players, but they're so toxic that they often drive their teams away and actually get removed because of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how Dardog does in Liquid, especially since in 2016, he was suspended and kicked out of Liquid for this exact reason. He was toxic, he wasn't willing to do anything as a team, and he eventually went over to Immortals and was again kicked out for the same reason. So, uh, he's just toxic. He doesn't seem to have changed based on Counter Logic Gaming's press release. So, it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits into the um, spot as a Liquid player once again. Especially since they kicked him out for this before. I'm not really sure what they were thinking or what they had up their sleeves when they brought him back in. Thinking he may have changed? I don't know. It doesn't seem like he has. So... That's 100% going to be interesting. Um, definitely something to look at. See how long he's going to last. If he even lasts at all on that team. And how that plays out. Definitely something to watch. 
Um, coming into Counter-Strike, though, the iBuy Power Bands, we have a bit of an update on that. Um, we had a couple of the players, Swag and Seal, playing at Fragadelphia, so obviously Fragadelphia doesn't have an issue with them playing. And we also had an announcement from E-League. Um, E-League, unfortunately, has come out and uh, come out and stated that they will be upholding Valve's ban list, which means that the ex-iBuy Power players, AZK, Steel... Um, Swag and Dazed will not be able to participate in E-League, which is a pretty big blow to them being able to find a team because E-League is a really big tournament. Um, and it also means that right now they are still only able to play under ESL events that aren't majors. Uh, we have yet to hear from DreamHack, Faceit, uh, Sivo, which I believe is now Gfinity. So all of those have yet to make any sort of announcement whether they're going to be allowing these players to play in their leagues. The only ones who have made announcements is ESL, obviously claiming that they've unbanned those players from their play, and E-League saying that they're still unable to play. Um, going into opinion mode real fast, they definitely there's no reason to keep these players banned. At the time, that they, yes, it was wrong, it was immoral what they did, but there's no written rule at the time that stated that this was not allowed. That is the big controversy and the big trouble here is that there was nothing that said they couldn't do this officially. Uh, it was always frowned upon, technically. There was nothing that said, like, that you'd get banned, though. There's no rule in place that prevented players from doing this, betting on their games, throwing. Of course, they could consider it cheating, but there's nothing to find in the cheating rules that said that this is cheating. So they basically made up a rule and implemented these lifetime ridiculous bans. I would understand if you gave them a year, maybe two years of a ban, but they got a lifetime sentence. And what makes this crazy unfair is that there have been teams who have been caught doing this in the past, and they are unbanned. They got a year ban. I don't know teams off the top of my head. There are smaller teams. Uh, I believe there's a Chinese and a French team that did the same thing. And they're unbanned. They're competing if they're still even in the scene. Um, this is back in CSS. CSS, a lot of these guys did it. Um, a couple of them in Go. But people have done this before. During around the same period. And they got very, very light bands. Only about a year. So it's kind of ridiculous that they are still banned. And even got that ban in the first place. So it's just really, really not fair to them. It's really, they've served their sentence. They know what they did is wrong. And it's ready. The community is ready to unban these players. And it needs to happen soon. Um, but speaking of those players, though, we did have Swag and Steel playing at Fragadelphia, like I mentioned before. Swag playing for Ownage and Steel playing for BMC. Um, and transitioning right into Frag 11, this is something I want to talk about because of these players, is that Swag's team Ownage actually went and won the whole thing for $20,000. So that team won twenty grand playing with Swag, and he played very well. He was top of the scoreboard in almost every map, so he was dominating his competition. Um, Steel, not really dominating as much as Swag, but he did go on to take third with BMC. Um, Rise Nation taking second. Um, we did not see Daze or AZK playing, but we got to get a bit of a preview of what Steel and Swag can do, at least at the Premier level, um, ECA Premier level. So they definitely are very competitive in that, and even Swag's looking like he could easily be competing on a professional level. I mean, we have seen him in some smaller North American tournaments subbing in for Cloud9 uh, last year in the past, but 
nothing really big. So it's going to be really interesting to see him once he's actually in a team and competing on a professional, hopefully professional level. Uh, more in CSGO, though, we're coming into the shuffles, transferring over to the CIS region, is that the shuffle has begun. It was rumored, people have been talking about it, nobody really knew exactly who it was going to be or what was going to happen, but Navi has initiated it. They have dropped, seized, and Guardian from the roster. They are gone. They are no longer on Navi. So seized and Guardian are open free agents. Now, there have been rumors of Guardian going to phase, which would in turn uh, most likely remove Alu from the active roster um, of phase to replace, be replaced by Guardian as the primary op. That would be the most logical thing. Um, but he could replace other people. Nobody really knows who he's going to replace. I mean, most speculation, the most logical answer would be Alu, but nothing official has come out from phase yet or any of the players, so nobody really knows. We know that from a leak from the Navi manager that Guardian's going to be going to a multicolored team, um, in air quotes there. Whether that means that the flag is multicolored, whether it's going to be the logo is multicolored, what people hint to, and that there's going to be yellow in the, there's going to be yellow in the logo, or whatever he's going, the logo, the flag, wherever he hinted at, because he went from going from yellow to multicolored was the tweet. So it's really unclear of where he's going to be going, because we know Phase is multicolored, but there are a lot of other organizations that have multicolored logos. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see where he actually ends up, and most likely it's going to be Phase based off of that leak. Um, seized, there's nothing really on him. Nobody really knows where he's going, although there's a good chance he could end up on Hellraisers or Flipside, as there's been a lot of talk. Um, actually, released today was um, a leak coming from anonymous sources, trusted sources, though, that we're going to be seeing Angel and Electronic going to Navi to replace... Um, Guardian and Seas. So that's going to leave spots open on Hellraisers and um, Flipside Tactics, where either one or both of these players could slide into. Um, but at the moment, there's no rumors on Seas exactly where he's going to go. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything shuffled up. Uh, the only thing we do know is that there's most likely going to be no changes in Gambit. That's really the only team that we know is safe at this point. Um... Coming into the North American side of things, though, coming back to NA real fast, since Freiburg is now, as of today, officially released from NIP, we could potentially be seeing him heading over to North America. He's claimed and stated multiple times recently in the past that he would be 100% willing and 100% open to coming to North America to compete on the North American side of things. So we could see him ending up elsewhere, especially with the rumors with Cloud9 that they're going to be changing organization, whether or not that means everybody's going with them or only some of those players moving to a different organization. It's definitely a... It's unstable in North America. I guess that's... It's unstable and unsure. With so many free agents, with so many teams moving around, shuffling around, dropping players, picking new ones up, it is so fluid right now in the North American scene 
that anybody could go anywhere at this point. And I do believe that there's going to be a very big North American shuffle coming very soon. Most of the teams went out in groups in the major. They haven't been doing too well on North America as they have in the past. They never really beat Europe. Um, never do. But they've gotten close, and they're coming on this downhill side now. They were up a few months ago, but they're coming down now, and this is the perfect time to make those roster changes. And with Freiburg available, with the I buy Power guys available, it's not a better time to do it. Um, other regions, I don't think there's really going to be any kind of shuffle. Um, nobody's really... Uh, leaked anything. There's no, no rumors of um, Sweden or other European countries. Um, so it looks like those teams are going to be solid and they're going to be staying the way they are. Nothing really is going to change with them. Um, although the Swedish shuffle does always have potential. It's happened before. It happened in the past with the Godsent Fanatic thing. And we are seeing a lot of instability from NIP, um, although they did well at Cologne. And I don't know. We get, we're gonna see. It's all it's all looking at the future. We got to see the leaks and see what happens. It's really hard to predict these shuffles because nobody's really leaked anything. Um, but yeah, transitioning onto the final topic and the big story with CounterLogic Gaming that I announced before or earlier in the podcast is that they have been partially acquired by Madison Square Garden. So the Madison Square Garden company has purchased a controlling share of CLG, which means that they pretty much own the gaming organization now. Uh, Madison Square Garden, for those of you who don't know uh, necessarily, is the group behind the ownership of the Knicks and the Rangers. So they own some pretty large teams. They own, of course, Madison Square Garden. Um, a massive, uh, fantastic arena, um, one of the best in America, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they're going to use CLG, whether they're going to move them to the New York area, whether they're going to keep them in the house where they are, and how much play the current and yeah, current uh, members of CLG are still going to play, um, whether or not they're going to lay people off, bring in their own guys, whether they're going to upgrade CLG, give them some sports psychologists, that kind of stuff. Um, they definitely have the resources to do that, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially if we're going to be seeing CLG in that arena practicing, which would be sick, or even just playing there and opening it up to ticket sales and that kind of stuff. That would just be really, really cool. So that could potentially happen. We're going to be seeing that kind of stuff coming in the future. There's not too much um, out there on this sale. Uh, the only thing that we know is that the price is undis undisclosed, so we don't know what MSG paid for this. Um, all we know is they purchased a controlling share of CLG, so they're the majority owners of CLG now. And that the founder, CLG founder, George um, Jergalis, Jergalidis, butchered the crap out of that name, sorry George. Um, but George will continue to run CLG's day-to-day -day operations, so he's going to stay with the organization, he's going to run things, he just doesn't own it anymore, um, MSG does. Um, of course, for an undisclosed amount of money, I can tell you right now, it's a lot. CLG is a very large team. They field five, five Counter-Strike teams, I believe it is. Yeah, five CS teams, a LOL team, um, a couple, an Overwatch team, um, a bunch of Smash players. They field a lot of teams, and they make a lot of money. So that organization is worth a bunch 
Um, we'll try to bring you guys more news in the next uh, podcast. Unfortunately, there's not much we can bring to you guys right now. Um, that is really it for the news, though, guys. That is going to be the end of today's podcast. If you enjoyed, please be sure to follow our feed at GamaniacEsports.com or subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. If you want to see more content from us, head over to our website or follow us on social media at Gamaniac Esports on Twitter and at GME Online on Facebook. Guys, my name has been Critter. Have a good day.